Here we go. Not what Tennessee fans wanted to see. We'll dissect the Vols lost to Georgia with Fred White. I'm Dave Hooker. That Sunday show with Fred is brought to you by Herald Group Security Solutions, making your workplace and your children's school safe for avoiding tragedies in the past. Go to heraldgrp.com or for Herald Group Security Solutions. Tell your workers, school administrators that you need to be safe at home. That's why you need to be there. And safe. Tennessee was not safe against the preeminent program against uh, Georgia on Saturday. Fred, outside of that one Jalen Wright touchdown, that was a a pretty one-sided affair. What's your big-picture view of the game? Well, crowd was there. They did their job even when we were down. And I I appreciate and I applaud our fans for being A1 all year long, best fan base in America. we just didn't get it done on the football field. Uh, Georgia controlled a lot of scrimmage. Um, we didn't have enough to get. We only got two first downs on third down conversions, on two for 11 for third down conversions. But the other major part for me is that we couldn't get off the field on third downs when it comes to our, on the defensive side of the ball. 41 minutes, basically. 40 minutes and 58 seconds. Time of possession that Georgia had the ball. 19 minutes for your offense. You didn't get a lot going. And you cannot leave your defense on the football field in the SEC game, especially against the number one team in the country. It's true. And it was one thing when Tennessee's running up the score into the 50s, that was understandable. But with them not getting that number of points and Tennessee's defense not being allowed to just attack the passer and they still have to be balanced, Fred, it's different from last year. A time of possession was against the balls last year, but that was fine because they were scoring 60 points. Mm-hmm. This year a little bit different. A little bit different. I mean, it's, it's, people are going to play you different too, and they do. They're going to play you with two high safeties over the top and play on the man under and those type of things because of the routes we run. And you watch some of the things they do against us. Every team has kind of done some of the same things when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. We try to see if we – not so we can't take the top off the defense type of thing, which opens up everything else. But also, we when you don't hit those guy, those uh, receivers consistently, you know it makes a difference as well. We had a few guys running open, we missed some balls, their deep balls. Those are guys, those are balls you wish you had back. But those are those are also opportunities that playing against the number one team in the country, you got to be able to deliver on. Um, and we and we didn't deliver. So in social media, we. Heard two names primarily considered because Josh Heupel is still at the point, given his success last year. I, I think any rational fan thinks that he's still the right coach for, for Tennessee. But for the first time, I've heard people on social media say, well, maybe there needs to be a change, this, that, and whatever. I want to ask you about Tennessee defensive coordinator Tim Banks and get your thoughts on what the balls have been able to do under him i still like him as a coach and i think there are some fingers that want to be pointed in general but what do you think of of tennessee's defensive coordinator tim banks and his approach well he's he's up for the broils award he was going into this game they just recently you know recently released that he was i guess a semi-final one of the finalists so i guess for that was you know that award which shows that he's done some good things and our defense got a lot better i think over the season we played better this year defensively in some games than we did previously. However, you know, talent-wise is, is is there. 
is no different. You don't have as much depth, you know, when it comes to certain positions, those type of things yet. But I think overall, we did a pretty good job. We would have thought we, we found some guys who can rush the passer. We found some guys who can stop the run. We made some good plays up front. But I think over the season, you start to realize last year, it didn't matter about time because we put so many points on the board. But well, this year, it did matter about the time because the way the games were going, we weren't putting points on the board and those teams were driving the football and doing those type of things, beating us, you know, getting us tired as, as the game went along. Um, defense is not as fresh. But also, it's scheme, you know, scheme is scheme. I have watched teams do things against us this year uh, after the Florida game that were uh, we didn't see a lot of last year. Um, one thing Florida did against us was they made start doing motion and before the snap. And now every team that we played in the SEC kind of went followed suit. And those things, when you see a team do a lot of motion and those type of things, it makes you be very disciplined with your eye discipline as far as what you're seeing and what you're looking at. And then sometimes being able to have the ability to change uh, into a different defense or having a call that's off of that defense. But I've watched them get us out of position a few times, you know, based on just our, our technique and those type of things. But well, I think he's a good football coach. I mean, we've done pretty good with him. I think he's done a good job um, of getting some guys ready to play. I think he's done some good job based on some of the situations you've had. We lost Kamar Haddon. We lost the linebacker completely before the season even started. And that's, I think, is a guy that we missed throughout the entire season. So those one or two guys, when you don't have – when you're not – fully stocked, you know, when it comes to talent. You, we're getting there. When you're not fully stocked when it comes to talent, you lose a guy. Last year was on offense. If you lost the guy, it was like, okay, I don't know if we, how we're going to be. Not last year, a couple years ago. Like we lost offense and linemen, who we're going to replace him with. Well, this year, it's a few different positions, you know, where we got some young guys. Well, high on those guys, I think we can get those guys to be what we want them to be at some point. But they're very young at some positions. Losing Haddon was a big – that hurt our secondary very much because he was probably our best DB. And losing Peely, I think, hurt because of leadership. I think that was one of the things we needed at the linebacker position. If Peely's playing, you got Peely and Aaron Beasley back there. Now, no, no, no discredit to the other guys that play beside Beasley, Beasley, but you can tell he's a veteran linebacker by the way he plays the game. Yeah, I think there's a good argument. I wasn't going to bring up injuries because I know you don't like excuses, but if Peely's healthy, I think that that linebacker core goes from being average to above average. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamal Haddon never gets hurt. I think Tennessee's secondary is, is significantly better. Also, when I asked about Joe Milton, I'll remind you that that Sunday show with Fred, Fred White, former ball safety BFL, joins us each and every Sunday to look back on the game. And it's brought to you by Herald Group Security Solutions, leadership experience, specialization, addressing problems through unique mission-specific mitigation techniques, also making your children safer one school at a time. Herald GRP, your workplace administrator needs to know about Herald Group Security Solutions as well. Herald Group Security Solutions, avoiding the tragedies that we've seen far too often in our country's past. What did you think of Joe Milton and the way he played? I go back to the Alabama game. I I don't think that Joe Milton was the reason Tennessee lost. I don't think that uh, necessarily 
Tennessee lost because of Joe Milton with Georgia. It just appears to me, Fred, that the offense, because of his limitations, Joe Milton's, is hamstrung a bit in what they're able to do. What are your thoughts? You know, I go back and forth with what I think in this situation, and I, and I don't know the answer uh, at the moment. I'm trying to figure that answer out myself. Offensively, I thought we'd be able to run the ball. After that first play, you see that first play happen, and you're like, okay, now we really got a chance to win this. You know, now, you know, to stay in the game, keep it close, and win it. That, that was, that's your, that was your, your thought process going into it, right? And I think that offensive side of the ball, man, not being able to stretch the football field deep-wise, that kind of hurts us a little bit, not being you know, with our offense and our running game. It loosens it up. It takes another extra guy out of the box. It takes the safeties away completely. It takes the nickel back out of the game as well because you got to be able to cover and those type of things. Um, route combinations, you never – I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a plethora of things that it could be. But ultimately, we got to beat by a better football team at this moment. Right. Now, you were once a prospect not that long ago, what, five, six, seven years ago, and you were standing on the sideline deciding where you are going to go to college. Fred <laughs> and I are both uh, pushing 35 years old or 20, 30 years old. And um, so – you're on that sideline, and Tennessee had an, an incredibly talent, talented group of prospects in the house, maybe the best under Josh Heupel. What effect does that have on them? Portions of the program brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Use the promo code HOOKED get 10% off. So there are two ways to look at this. If you're a prospect, mm-hmm. one is, wow, the Tennessee program has a ways to go. If you were in town on Saturday to catch Georgia, maybe I want to play for a championship. The other way to look at it too, though, is there are a lot of positives in coming to Tennessee. It appears to be a program on the way up. And obviously there is some need for some, for some playing time at different spots. So if I'm a prospect, I'm not scared of Tennessee. I'm thinking maybe I have an opportunity to go in there and, and get some more experience right away. Yeah. I mean, Dave, 20 something years ago, the game that I came to watch in Tennessee, the only game I ever got a chance to come watch was Tennessee versus Florida. They lost 30 to nothing. I mean, they got beat 30 to nothing. You know what the most important part of me of the game was for me? What's that? Watching the in the third quarter being down 30 to nothing, the fan base was still in the game. Still getting loud on third downs, still trying to, you know, will their team to a victory, and they were losing 30 to nothing. I never forget my cousin said to me, Man, they losing 30 to nothing, and the crowd is still in the game. I mean, you gotta come somewhere like this. This is insane. And not to mention. I got turned around by a security guard because they didn't they, they said they didn't have my name on the list for, for recruits. I got there late. But that you know, but we still got in the game and those type of things. But I never forget those things. And I still came to Tennessee. It wasn't about winning or losing one game. If that's what all it took for you to not want to come here, then you didn't want to come here in the first place. This is a special place where you want to come play and people will remember you for the rest of your life, type of thing. Like I got honored this past weekend 
And I haven't played at UT in 20-something years. So go figure. So if you want to go somewhere and you want to come and play at a place where it's special and they still treat you as special as such when you leave the game, this is a good place to come. It's not just about what you did on the football field. You know what I saw also on that football team when I when they lost 30 to nothing? I saw a quarterback in Peyton Manning who was a freshman. I saw another quarterback in Brandon Stewart who ended up leaving who was a freshman. I'm watching Jay Graham as the third string running back. I'm watching a whole offensive line that's coming back. And I'm also watching all these young receivers with this quarterback. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, they got the makings to do whatever they need to do on the offensive side of the ball. And defensively, they were still stacked. So I'm looking at this team now, and I'm saying, you got a young quarterback. You got these top receivers coming in. If I'm an offensive lineman, knowing that they really want to be able to throw the ball and take the top off of it, and they got a gunslinger type of quarterback with some good accuracy coming in, that's a, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He's known for throwing the ball and being athletic. I want to come play with a guy like that. I want to come and see what we can do and make special. And on the defensive side of the ball, man, defensive line-wise, linebacker-wise, hey, man, come out here and get it in. I think in the secondary, we can find some guys that can help us as well that are young. And it's just, you know, not having having guys that's coming in and ready. Now, I don't put too much stock in a freshman coming in, playing as a freshman. I don't think Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning as a freshman. I think I don't think Peerless Price was Peerless Price as a freshman. Well, I don't think Dante Starworth was. I don't think any receiver you name in the in the last few years, you look at Tillman, he didn't do anything to his junior senior year. Dana Hyatt, same thing. I don't put as much stock into young guys and putting that much pressure on them to come and save our day as a freshman. Some things you play a little slower at because you got to get ready for that speed. I watched Aaron Carter, who I think is going to be an awesome linebacker. He's still kind of a half a second slow on some of his reads. But it's because the game is different. It's faster. You got to learn and understand scheme. You got to learn to understand what linemen you're going up against and what their tendencies are. This is this is not just high school football where you just go out there and play because you're better than someone. Your talent level and your skill level are two different things, in my opinion. Skill level means you can do everything. Talent level means you take that stuff and you put those things together so you can actually be that good with the same athletic ability that you actually have. Those are the things you got to be able to see guys do as freshmen and see if they make that next jump to be able to do those things next year. Yeah, and you mentioned Arian Carter, a, a guy that you and I both liked a lot that has, mm-hmm. uh, had to deal with a shoulder injury as well. Again, I don't want to make excuses, but if you go – if you look at every team – in the SEC, and you look at their key injuries, not just injuries, I think Tennessee would stack right up there uh, with the most of them. I think one of the other things that is important to sell uh, right now, Fred, is Josh Heupel's culture. I think the players genuinely like each other. I think they genuinely get along. That hasn't been the case under some other guys, like $8 haircut, Butch. And, Fred, I... I think that that's an important thing to sell the family atmosphere. You guys had that under Philip Fulmer. You're asking kids for the most part, not to come from Powell or Farragut or Carnes. You're asking them to come from different areas when you recruit. So maybe the offense isn't as great of a selling point as it was last year, 
But I still think the greatest selling point is come be a part of the family. Like you said, you are mm-hmm. honored. Come be a part of a place where you can be revered for decades. Exactly. You know, when it comes to, we talked about this earlier as well about making changes. I think every coach makes some kind of change in year two or three. At the end of that year two or three, you watch positions being changed or, you know, some position may not be there the next year. But but if you're going to make changes, those are the changes that you, you make those changes in year two or three. Get ready for your three, four and five year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your, your system should be pretty good to the point where, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. This is what we're trying to get to. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not asking for him to fire anybody or no stuff, nothing like that. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that most coaches, if they're going to make any changes, they usually make them in year three, two or three. And I, I, but I look at it from the standpoint of now, do we know what we want to be? Do we know what we want to be? Do you know the direction you want to go going forward, whether it comes to offense or defense? And those things are what you got to figure out and evaluate. Um, Vanderbilt's coming up. You can't just have a letdown, you know, against Vanderbilt. Nobody thinks we're going to lose to Vanderbilt. I don't see that. And I don't, you know, I'm not condoning or seeing that by no stretch. But everything, anything's possible. You go out there, you got to play the game. You got to try to go out there and, and get a game plan together to, to do everything you can to win it. But um, And, Fred, you guys had to get up for some Vanderbilt and Kentucky games when you knew Florida had already pretty much won the East. What are those games about? I, I would think those are about pride, right? Absolutely pride. I mean, and, and I, I, my old, that era we had was different. So, you know, we wanted to be the game to be over with by halftime so we can watch the young guys play. That, that, was our, that was our mentality, you know what I mean? No, no disrespect to them, but we felt like we were uh, way better than the guys that we were playing against, so we wanted our guys to get a chance to play to the young guys. And just to see what the next group of guys could do, and uh, just get them some playing time. But, um, but yeah, that's that was our thought process and mentality. This is not a team that you want to lose to. Coach Fumis always say, "Hey, remember what you do in November. You go undefeated in November. Everybody remembers that. That gives you momentum going to the next season as well." Very true. Very true. Uh, and Fred, one last thing I want to ask you is that at the offensive quarter coordinator position, we know Alex Golish went to South Florida. People ask me, is some of this Joey Halsley's fault, who was elevated from within the program uh, to be the offensive coordinator? Fred, my honest answer is I don't know. I don't know. I think this is Josh Heifel's offense. I think 99% of it, he makes the final calls and those things. But I can't tell you 100% what goes on in those meeting rooms. What do you think? Well, it's a team sport. Everyone says it's a team sport, right? So I can't ever pin one thing on one person, okay? And that, and that that's something that myself and Al Wilson talk about all the time. Sometimes we agree to disagree. Sometimes we agree. But um, sometimes it's about the X's and O's. Sometimes it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. Sometimes coaches, you know, call a bad call, and your players just make plays and make, things, make something happen. You know what I mean? So I can't put it on just one person and say, Okay, it's his fault. Well, this is a team sport. They all work in, in unison with each other. When you call a call, guys have to do their job. Now, if you call a call and they're doing their job and it's, they're doing it the wrong way or it's not working, then that's a different story. 
But I feel like it's not just on one coach, not just on one player. I feel like it's a collective. You all are here to do the same thing, try to figure out a way to win games. So I'll go. I'll answer that question that way. Yeah, uh, it is about the Jimmy, Jimmys and Joes and uh, one Joe uh, taking snaps for Tennessee. I don't think has been quite as effective as we thought that would be the case. That Sunday show with Fred brought to you by Harold Group Security Solutions, making your workplace and your children's schools safer. Harold Group Security Solutions. Look for them online, heraldgroupgrp.com. Again, it's very easy to find right down below providing uh, security for your workplace or your children's school environment that has trained former service individuals. They have to go through 90-day training. They're not just your average security guards. You're going to be safe. For Fred, I'm Dave. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.